Welcome to Riders Report, the podcast. See you later! Oh, baby! And the Riders win! Now, here's your host, Zach Bigley. Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of Riders Report, the podcast. I'm Zach Bigley, your host and play-by-play broadcaster for the Frisco Rough Riders, and we are so happy you could join us as we continue our off-season. I personally am very excited to bring you this episode because we have a fantastic guest, Jake Latz, who was a pitcher for the Rough Riders in 2021 and made his MLB debut in August with the Rangers, was kind enough to give us some time earlier this month, and we'll get to that interview as we finish off the podcast. He was incredibly insightful in his history history in baseball and the importance of nutrition in his game, the story of his debut, and much, much more. So make sure you stick around for that whole interview. Before that, we're going to provide you with a little bit of clarification on the MLB lockout and what it means for the Rough Riders. So without further ado, let's dive right in. On December 1st, Major League Baseball and the Players Association entered a lockout. For those concerned about the minor league season, don't be. We are thrilled to say that the Rough Riders will be opening the season on April 8th against the Arkansas Travelers. The good news is that the players who are not on the 40-man roster from a major league club and are not signed to a major league contract are not affected by the work stoppage and are expected to be in uniform at the start of spring training in 2022. So we look forward to seeing you out here at Riders Field in April. And we are rooting hard for a common ground at the major league level as well. There were some incredible players and incredible pitchers especially who made their way through Frisco in 2021, and Jake Latz fit that bill perfectly. Latz started out his season very well in Frisco, owning a 1.96 ERA over his first five starts and went on to make his AAA and MLB debuts later on in the 2021 campaign. Take a listen to the interview we had earlier this month with former Rough Riders pitcher Jake Latz. We're very happy to be joined by Jake Latz, former Rough Riders pitcher who made his major league debut in 2021 with the Rangers. Jake, how you doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Zach? Not too bad. Well, this season was crazy, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But first and foremost, how are you enjoying the offseason? It's all. It's always a good um, wind down after the season. You know, the season's so every single day and then you get hit abruptly with the off season it's like the complete opposite but it's a good time obviously to you know regroup see what you you did over the, the season try to work on new things and have a little free time enjoy family more um and get out you know experience new places um so i always love it but it's it's just such a tale of two extremes for me being in season and out of season the in-season grind is very intense in baseball. So how important is it to kind of get away from that and, and take some time to yourself and to your family? Yeah. I, you know, in, in years past, I always, like, in the off-season, I, I always tried to really distance myself from baseball for the first two weeks, like, you know, at, at the minimum, and just kind of, like, get away, regroup, like like I said, and, and just – you know, let the game have its time and then get back to it. And when I get back to it, I'm all in, I'm focused, all that. But this past year, honestly, after having a full healthy season, um, little bumps in the road, success, a little, you know, failures, getting hit around, whatnot, all different types of things. Like coming into this offseason, I really didn't want the season to end. And so I, I've had this little knack ever since the season stopped this year to continue to like train. I didn't want to lose any type of feel that I had towards the end of the year. This past year, I kind of wanted to just 
you know, obviously lighten the workload, but not lose any type of momentum that I was gaining at the end of last year and try to carry that into this year. So it's a little bit different approach for me this year, honestly. Um, I felt like I didn't necessarily need like a full on break, not even mentally. Um, physically, I'm always going to take like a little bit of a break, but mentally, I felt like I just kind of like wanted to continue to be around the game. Obviously, the World Series helps keep you around and see like the trends that are going on. That's why I love the World Series too, if we can watch it, because you just pick up on little things where the, the game is, is heading. So, Well, I, I wanted to switch gears and kind of go back into your past and your history growing up in the, the Chicago area. What was your relationship like with baseball when you were growing up? I, I, I've always had a very uh, close relationship with baseball. I, I, played, um, I played football. I played basketball and golf leisurely, um, but those three sports pretty adamantly. You know, obviously baseball in the summer, football in the in in the fall, and basketball in the winter. And I, I did a really good job of being in the moment and and liking each sport when I played them. But there was just always a different feeling, a different type of confidence level. A, a natural ability for baseball my entire life and so even it, it, I just kind of always knew in the back and back of my head that you know baseball was going to be the sport that I would play the longest and it was like that ever since I was I could remember I mean when I was playing t-ball I had those same thoughts from when I was in high school so it was just a little bit different from the baseball side I'm not exactly sure why but I, I fell in love with the game very very early on and it's just a different, unique bond than any other sport, without a doubt. So, do you have some favorite memories from growing up playing baseball? I, I do. I, I mean, um, I, my favorite memories are honestly from around eight to twelve. Um, eight is when I really started to pick up. We actually started the travel bat uh, baseball portion of my career, obviously, and. And when that started happening, I got a lot of guys in my hometown and I grew up in a, in a place just south of Chicago in the suburbs. And our actual hometown wasn't very big, but we had in my age group, we had a decent amount of talent. And we decided to form that and, and kind of ride that. So I was with the same group of guys from eight to 13, 14. A few of them split off into um different high schools but actually a good group of those guys stayed with me through my high school career so I the favorite memories was having some of these you know tournaments won as a little kid and then doing it again at a high level in high school and even college like there's a few guys I played in high school one guy in particular that I played high school baseball with started a travel ball team with when I was at eight years old. We both went to LSU together. Um, that Michael Papierski? Michael Papierski, yeah. So, we, you know, just, just little things like that along the way have stuck out to me. Um, Cooperstown will always, will always be very memorable. Uh, just being in the barracks and it's all little, you know, players, and you're kind of just going from each barrack to barrack, you know, asking little kids questions, trading pins. There was also like a, uh, there was a Japanese team there, I believe. 
and it was cool to kind of like get to know those type of guys. But yeah, so um, just little little things like that stick out of the door. What was what was the the reason you were in Cooperstown? Uh, so that one, that's 12 view, right? I believe 12 view every, you know, that Cooperstown puts on from the beginning of summer to end 96 teams every single week until the summer's over. And so that's always been a big, uh, are you familiar with that term at all or no? Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. But I I don't know a lot about it. So it it was kind of like the big bust. It was either you went to Cooperstown or at 13 you you went to um the Myrtle Beach pretty sure it was Myrtle Beach but at 12 years old Cooperstown was like kind of like the buzz middle of the summer that was like the big tournament you played you took your travel team you went to Cooperstown 96 teams you all wear the same uniform you play on the fields they're all the same except for the championship field and it's just a big tournament starts off with brackets and you get down to the final two. And, you know, if you win that tournament, the best team out of 96, it's a really good accomplishment. Um, so that was always like, a, you know, as a baseball player, a kid, like that's something you, it's literally called Dreams, Cooper's Town Dreams Park. So, um, yeah, that one, it, it was cool. Um, you know, I wish we could do it again more than once and for one week, but, you know, it's awesome. As someone who who grew up with that and with those kind of experiences, how important is it to kind of look down and some of the kids that are playing baseball now and, and help to inspire them? Yeah, I think it's huge. I, I do. Um, I think the talent level now in the, in the game of baseball is is higher than it's ever been. And I think we need to do everything we can to kind of, you know, bring that to the, the public eye as best as we can. And especially from little kids going up, um, to keep them involved in the game as much as possible. I think the question I get asked the most from kids and from parents is, when did you become, you know, all in on baseball and what is your take on kids playing other sports? And I always say that I think it's really beneficial for a kid to play as many sports as possible for as long as possible because I think it keeps the athletic part, you know, just going in your in your body and just learning different movements and all type of things but um baseball itself i think you know we need to continue to grow the game from our aspect and we there's so many things little things that we can teach a kid along the way so just you know in the off season finding ways to be around kids and trying to uh you know continue their growth is always going to be huge but um as you got older, going into high school, you mentioned Michael Papierski, who is now in the Houston Astros system at the AAA level, a catcher. He was one of a lot of very talented guys you played with at Lamont High School. You went 10-0, a 0-2-3 ERA your senior year, one of the best teams in the country at the high school level. What was playing with a team like that like, and uh, what do you remember from your senior year of high school? It was just like a, a surreal moment, a, a dream come true moment. It was something that you know, like I said, that it, I went to Lamont High School, is our public high school in the, in the area, instead of going to a private private school and maybe trying to get on a, a better team or whatnot. But um, all the guys I played with were my friends growing up from when I can remember. So it was our dream together to have 
you know, to, to be able to accomplish, to get the first baseball state championship in school history, all that stuff. Like we, and we didn't get it done my sophomore year, my junior year, but then senior year, you know, the guys that were my age, we were all seniors together. And it was kind of like that, that perfect dream scenario type season, even the way the, the championship went down, like it, it um, just always thinking about it brings to my, that's, if you had to ask me my base, favorite baseball memory is definitely um, that state championship last inning of the game. So just real briefly, I, we're, it was a one nothing game heading into the, the bottom of the sixth. And I was pitching the entire game, gave up a run in the, in the top half of the sixth on, uh, you know, like an error that started the inning. They moved the runner over, and then it was a single up the middle that got the runner in. And we we're, you know, we come into the bottom of the six, we get two outs quickly. And, uh, you know, all of us are on the top step, like basically like joining hands, like praying, like we got, we got to get something going here. And literally, like just a, a not even a, just the most average hit gets things going. And then, it's tough to even explain all the, the things that took place, you know, to set everything up. We had second and third with two outs after um, a single, a walk, you know, a wild pitch, got the guys to second and third, and then a guy hit a single up the middle, walked it off. And that that's kind of like how we won. We all dogpile in the middle, and um, it was unbelievable. It really was. So, yep. Wow. And it's, it was unbelievable for you to give up a run, too. You only gave up, what, two earned your entire senior year? Yeah, it was a weird. I gave up the two runs in, 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 uh, in one game in the – it was like the second playoff game of the year. And before that, it was just ah, – man, I was in just some type of, of groove, some type of just run and streak that – from pitch one, every time I went out there that season, I was, I was ready. I was locked in. There was no finding myself throughout the game. You know, I was just in, and my pitches were on. I was throwing strikes. I was getting hitters. I was just I carried myself through the whole year, and um, it, it was great. Yeah, actually, Mike and I, the day after the state championship, we, we. Um, immediately drove together down to LSU and tried to start our LSU career. So like we had to turn the page very, very quickly, but I was excited to get going because I'm coming off of the best season of my life. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it was, like I said, just a dream scenario. And I'm just so happy that it, that it actually happened. And, you know, I can vividly remember every single step of the way. Why LSU? Um, I had, I didn't really go on many visits, um, in high school. I, I went on one visit before that and it was to Notre Dame and it was my sophomore year. And so that was close to home. And my, my dream as a little kid was always to play in the college world series and to win a, I wanted to win, you know, a championship at every level. I wanted to do a high school. I wanted to do college and hopefully professionally. And so that was always something I saw in myself as a kid and I wanted to fulfill the dream. And so after the visit to Notre Dame, um, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't know 
if I could accomplish that dream here, like it's, it's possible if we get the right group of guys, um, you know, I think we need to go. I think we need to go South. I'm basically talking to my dad and, uh, there was LSU was hosting a, a camp on campus after they saw me at a tournament. And um, so I was able to perform a camp there. And then they decided to do a little visit on the spot after that. And just immediately, I mean, when you get exposed to, to LSU baseball, it, it's, it opens your eyes up to so many different things. Like I didn't know what to expect going to Louisiana state Baton Rouge. Like I, I had no expectations. I had no, like, um, information on what was actually going on, you know, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, because that was complete culture change for me. But I was completely blown away when I went there. I mean, everything is state of the art. Um, it's a, it is like a mini professional uh, baseball like situation. The locker room in in Louisiana was better than any locker room I've been in, except for the major league locker room. Now, like it's it's just. It's an experience you won't get anywhere else besides the SEC or, you know, college baseball in that in that environment. So when I the first time I got exposed to it, I, I fell in love and I didn't see myself going anywhere else besides LSU after that. And they were they were all in and it kind of came together very quickly. But like I said, I only went to Notre Dame and then Louisiana State and you know, committed on the spot and that was history. So yeah. was there any thought of going to the blue Jays? They drafted you in the, in the 11th round that year. There, there, there actually was, um, like I just said, my, my dream, the way that I always had it in my head is I never saw myself not going to college. Yeah. So throughout the entire draft process, my senior year, it was something I listened to, but I never really fully engaged myself in. And because of the fact that I had such a good season, my senior year, I actually like put myself in a situation to get drafted in a decent spot and put some real thought into it. And leading up to draft day, I was expecting, you know, middle rounds, somewhere between five and 10 and, and Toronto came um, called me that morning. I was actually pitching that day <laughs> in, in high school and they're like, Hey, um, you know, it's like the second round. We want to, uh, see if you'd be interested in what is it? They literally came to me and they said, what will it take to not go to college? And so I sat down with my dad, my agent, and we came up with a number and we said, and we're like, okay, we're at, we're at peace with this number. If they come back with this number, we, you know, I could see myself playing professionally right now. And, you know, 45 minutes came back. Um, they came back to me and they said, all right, we'll do that number and we'll add on the, uh, the college, you know, scholarship plan or whatever. And uh, it was one of those things when I was faced with that decision in the moment, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, ultimately like say yes. Still a lot of me, had this feeling that I really want to play college baseball. And so I just, in the moment, I could not accept it. And I, I said, I want to go to college. And if I do well, I could set myself up to be in this situation or even a better situation in three years. And that's ultimately what it came down to. But right when I passed on that, um, I mean, it was, it was tough. Emotions were all over the place. And my friend, 
Mike Bopierski at the time was um, going through a very, very similar, you know, situation. So we, we definitely felt the same time, but at least, you know, we were both going to LSU together. And so we were, we were excited for that, you know? Um, yeah. Unfortunately, once you got to LSU, that's when the injury issues started to happen. You redshirted medically your first year and then uh, only pitched an eight and a third innings, your redshirt freshman year. How frustrating was that with some of the injury issues you were going through? Yeah, it was just, it was foreign to me. I didn't, I wasn't ever in a situation where the baseball season was going on and guys were getting better and practicing on an everyday basis and in that team environment. And I wasn't able to participate, you know, and I, I just physically couldn't throw baseball. It was, that part was very difficult. And then not being around the team and not being in, you know, competing and playing games was super difficult for me. But at first, when it started, it was it was always a like, you know, a three week, four week timetable. And then I'd be, you know, back on the mound facing a couple of hitters and then get into game action. So with my freshman year, there was always this hope that I was um, going to get into the game at some point or just be healthy and then finish out the season. That that team that year was was really good. You know, Alex Bregman and Andrew Stevenson. Um, and Jared Pochet on the pitching end were all either sophomores or juniors draft eligible. So it was their year that they really wanted to take advantage of before they went for play professionally. And so it was something I, I was trying so hard to get onto the field. But every time I rehab and got to the mound aspect, all the pain came back in my elbow. And it was just such a um, such an unfortunate you know year. And it, it bled into the next year. And and then into the next year too. So that's where the, the real um, testing of my, you know, how much will I put into, to get over this injury came into factor. So, yeah. And after the, the two years at LSU, you transferred to Kent state. I know Jeff Duncan was a, a big reason uh, for that helped recruit you at, at Purdue and also was a Lamont high school guy. Yep. Uh what was what was the really the reason to leave LSU and, and go to Kent State? Um, but the the biggest reason was I I needed to get out of the the everyday. I saw going into LSU into that locker room at that field every day as my first step was to go into the training room and get treatment and get ready before I started to do anything, and so it was. It was time for me to try and get out of that cycle and um, come into a new environment where it, everything's new to me and um, I need to just get a fresh start, basically. Uh, it, it, it came down to the fact that uh, I was finally healthy when I made that decision to leave LSU, but I just could not put myself in that environment any longer. Um, the coaches and I necessarily were on different pages in terms of like how the entire injury was playing out. And, you know, I just, at that moment of time, I, I definitely needed to make a change. And so I, I went on a few other visits. I went to a place or university of San Diego in California. And then I also went to Kent state and, um, the familiarity with Jeff Duncan and then the, 
Mike Birkbeck, the pitching coach, had 20 years of experience there at Kent State and also a lot in professional baseball. And so it was just a, a really good change for me. I felt I felt at home. I was kind of like better, um, closer to the Midwest there. And so it was just a I was looking for a change and that was the exact change that I needed. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I made that decision to do it. Uh, obviously I didn't play at Kent state, but it, it served its purpose. It did everything that I, I needed to do to get myself ultimately to professional baseball. So. And getting to professional baseball was the fifth round draft uh, by the Rangers. What were some of the emotions that were going through your mind when you, heard your name called again and finally realized this was your shot despite all the things you've been through over the last three years yeah it was I was so appreciative I was so thankful um you know I I had all my family with me I had my closest friends and um you know the, the Rangers too also were a team that was pretty heavily on me in high school and you know a lot of like professional baseball camps or um, like scouting events that I went to, I would say predominantly in high school, it was either the Rangers or a different team. So like the Rangers always stuck out to me. And then when they were in on me again, in my junior year, I, I definitely felt like it was going to happen, you know, and I, I didn't pitch that year. So I didn't really know what to expect. We were um, either trying to see if a team would take me in those rounds or, try to like hope in the 10th 11th round when teams have you know gotten um spent most of their their pool of money that they have in the draft the teams that have money left over then they might take a guy like me where i'm in the later rounds it's kind of like a risk reward situation um so i thought that that was the situation i was going to be in but then the rangers were like no no no, like we're all in we're going to take you here and when that happened, like I said, I was just, I was more appreciative and, and thankful than anything, just because, you know, here I am, I'm a kid, they're taking a kid off of very limited experience, but they believe in me. And so that's like, you know, all I can ask for. You remember your first, wow, I'm in pro ball moment. Um. I mean, the first game, the first game I was playing, <laughs> I thought it was cool to be in the, in the, in the ACL in the rookie ball league, because you get to wear like the, the, they're not the exact uniforms, but they're close. You know, I played the Royals in my first game. So like I'm standing up on the mountain and the kid's wearing a Royals uniform. Now we're using wood bats and here we go. Like there's people watching and you just, when you get yourself around all the players that are in the same position as you, it, it creates a buzz. It creates like this feeling that, you know, you're in, you're, 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 you're doing what you dreamed of. And so when that hits you, I think that was the wild moment for me, you know, just, I was drafted now I'm in Arizona and I'm in a locker room full of guys that are Texas Ranger players too. And so that was awesome. In 2019, after a, a good season in 2018, you were dominant for down east it, it seemed like every single start you were going out there and, and pitching really well and then unfortunately you had an elbow strain that that ended your season early when you talk about that 2019 season and how you were throwing were you feeling like you were in high school where you felt like every game you were going out there and confident yeah I, I do I, I'm finally able to get that that feeling that momentum back that I was you know had in high school basically 
Um, and I was able to carry it from start to start and the confidence was up. Our team was winning, you know, everything was, we were all feeding off of each other. Um, and so it was, I was healthy my whole, that whole season again, like I had no thoughts whatsoever about like, how's my arm going to feel today? Um, and so that was, that was cool to put that in the rear view mirror. Right. And then just focus basically on how do I get each hitter out? And then that, you know, start after start, you know, it was able for me to get way more in shape, you know, um, compete on an everyday basis, every five, six day basis. And um, so I think when that was able to happen, I was able to get back into that group again. And, you know, then and that year, the injury snuck up on me and literally in an inning. You know, so it was that one was a tough pill to swallow for sure. But I was at least happy that I was able to get back to the form of a pitcher that I was, you know, in high school and before that. So, um, yeah, 2019 was was my biggest year in pro ball for sure, because it, it obviously showed that I can do what I've always done as a pitcher, you know, at the professional level. And so. I've been able to carry that honestly through me this year as well. So into into 2021, one of the biggest things that we always heard about you was given all your injury history was that you are very regimented. You have exactly what you want to do. You care about what you put into your body and, and all that stuff is really important to you. When did that really start and, and how much is that kind of factor into to this season and how you stayed healthy in 2021? Yeah. I I think um, that's a thing that's um, that's kind of always been a part of me, um, but it definitely came from my parents. Um, my dad just watching him go about his daily his daily life and his work, and then on the weekends, you know, doing stuff around the house, and how he was constantly always just working and and trying to you know get things done, uh, be very disciplined and oriented on his work and then my mom um was always looking for kind of like the best thing for me you know that's just and she did that for our i have three sisters for all of us so um i i've always had like you know stomach related problems um digestive problems as a kid and immediately my mom turned on to the fact of like okay it could, it could be something food related so let's go down that path like she she chose the health route instead of like you know toughen up or take a type of um anti-inflammatory drug or something like that so she she turned me on to the you know what a, you know complete health really was and then when everything went down in college and I could not get over an elbow injury, you know, no matter what I did on a, you know, any type of treatment in the training room available, any type of exercise strengthening, I did it. And I got, you know, little results basically. And so um, it, it was kind of a perfect storm. The way it all came together, I was able to meet a doctor for my arm but he was in tune with the idea that, okay, if you're still having gut problems, like we need to address that too, so that you can, your joints could, could heal and your, the rest of your body could feel well. So 
when I was exposed to that, it was all the stuff I went through as a little kid, you know, I was gluten-free ever since I was eight years old. So like I was, I hadn't had a piece of bread, real bread in you know, years. So I was already in tune to the idea of like, you know, being strict on my diet. Um, and so that kind of all came together. And, and once I started seeing results, once I started feeling better, being in better moods, having way more energy, lifting more in the weight room, and then ultimately feeling better on the field, my arm was, was recovering way better. It kind of just like, I held on to that feeling and wanted to see how far I could take it. So I went to the extreme and now it's basically just a part of my life. Like everything I do is kind of, you know, okay, well, I want to try to get a little bit better today. I always took that from a baseball, you know, aspect, but now it's kind of like my entire life. Um, but I wouldn't want to have it any other way. I, I love it. I love, you know, being healthy. I love feeling good and all that comes with it. So um, to answer your question, it was always something I think that was in me, but it definitely like didn't show itself until, uh, sophomore year of college. So heading into the 2021 season, coming off the injury, coming off a pandemic season where you didn't pitch, of course, did pitch independent ball, but didn't pitch a whole lot. What, what did it mean to you to get off to the fast start you did here in Frisco, where it seemed like the first five, six starts of the season, you were by far the best pitcher on the Rough Riders. It was, yeah, it, it, I think 2020, um, just being, putting myself back out there in the game, you know, competitive nature, and then uh, being fortunate enough to get pulled into the alternate side for the last month and a half uh, set me up really well for 2021. You know, just having that experience, basically like everything that I did in 2019, I hadn't pitched since then. Um, and that was halfway, that was a little bit over the halfway mark. So, you know, I was trying to get back into form in 2019 because I had a lot of success there. And so in 2020, I, I decided to go pitch an independent ball. There was a lot of things I was working on in spring training that I wanted to like, see what they were, would look like in, in true game action. And so doing that and then getting into the alternate site, I was able to have a really good uh, understanding of what I needed to do in 2021 to have success. And so right away, um, you know, I felt super comfortable at, at Frisco, just the entire coaching staff, the group of guys we were with, it was so easy to gain momentum with that group of guys. I mean, you obviously you saw it, you called every single game. Like we were, it was so much fun to play baseball every day with those guys because you know, we were doing things on a nightly basis that made you stand up and, and want to be part of the game. So I, I always moments like that when happen, it's easy for me to, you know, gain momentum and, and be successful as a pitcher. Cause I think when I go out there and my, for, and my mindset is let's win this game. Like I'm a way better pitcher. So um, yeah, it, it was, it, it was great. I wish, I wish I could have done it a lot longer and, and rode that momentum, you know, going, but I'm also thankful I, I did hit that little speed bump in the, in the middle of the um, season and kind of go through the things I did because that was foreign to me as well too. Um, yeah, so so I, I, I definitely do take every experience and try to learn from it and see where I can grow. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned the guys because I, I think – and you came up, obviously, through the levels with a bunch of these guys over the last few years. But I think we're going to look back at the roster on opening day and especially maybe in you know mid-June and say, wow, there were a lot of big leaguers here on this this roster. It was, it was that deep. Yeah, uh, we, we, we have many talks with guys like that in the locker room. And we, we do all – I think we all really do feel that way, which is special too. Um, but that, that was also a situation where a bunch of those guys that, um, were on that team, we had played together in previous affiliations in 2019 and 2018 and getting drafted together. So it's, it was awesome. I think for all of us to see each other having success, knowing that we could have success too, especially at the double A level, like a bunch of us were first year in double A, um, yeah, I think I've always said this um, when I got drafted and being able to look at all the players that we had already in the organization and then the guys that were coming through and a couple of the draft classes that we've had since I've been drafted as well. Like We have a lot of talent in this organization and we have a lot of good players. We really do. And so I'm excited as a person to be a part of it because I think we can really, you know, do well at the big league level in years to come. Looks like the future's bright. That's for sure for the Rangers. When when you were done with your time here at Frisco, promoted up to the AAA level in Round Rock, and then uh, on August 23rd, you got some news that is a piece of news you'd been expecting to hear and hoping to hear for your entire life that you'd be making your major league debut. What was that whole experience like, and can you kind of take us through the timeline of that? Yeah, it was uh, uh, unexpected. I had a few talks with my agent um, throughout that year, and he would always say to me, you know, hey, it's it's honestly your promotion to AAA or your promotion to the big leagues is, is going to happen when you don't expect it. And um, he, he couldn't have said it really any better because I was in my uh, – it was my second start, right? or I had made two and I was about to, yeah, I made two starts and I was about to make my third start at home in Round Rock. And um, <laughs> the way that the way that word travels in, in, in baseball is, you know, once, you know, pe- someone knows it, it's kind of everyone knows in the locker room. And so I get to the field and people are looking at me funny already. And I'm just, no, uh, they normally do anyways because of all the stuff I do, obviously. But that different, a different type of look that I was getting. And one guy even asked me, like, "What, what are you doing here?" And I'm just like, hey, "What are you, what are you talking about? Like, I got a pitch in three hours, so um, something was up. I knew that. And then you know, a half an hour goes by, and it was still up in the air because with 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 COVID going on they needed to see results of players. They kind of just assumed with a few people out close contact that there would be more to follow. So it wasn't like a, a for sure thing. And so, you know, time passed and we're getting closer to game time. I still don't have a lineup in front of my, my base. I'm trying to prepare for the game and pitching coach and manager calls me into the office and they go, Hey, two things, you know, one, uh, you're not going to pitch tonight. And I was like, well, that, that kind of sucks, you know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And they're like, but it's all right. Like, I think you got to catch a plane to Cleveland. And I'm like, Cleveland is like, all right, well, that's interesting. We don't play anyone in Cleveland. So this must be a, 
a different type of call and they're like, yeah, so people just went down with COVID. Um, there's, it's increasingly look like you might get an opportunity to get in a game and perhaps start one of the games in Cleveland. And, um, you know, it, even when they said it, it didn't feel like it was actually happening because I was like, wow, this is literally, I did, was not expecting this whatsoever. You know, I, I hope this was going to happen at some point this year, but, you know, like I said, it had been an up and down year for me and, um, a lot of guys were pitching good at the time and, and run rock. And so, um, I followed through with the plan immediately after that, went home, packed up some things and caught a plane to Cleveland. And then even still, it was kind of up in the air. They weren't fully confirmed. Um, and then the, uh, the night before, so I, I literally got scratched when I start, start on a Monday or Tuesday, on a Tuesday. And, and then I was pitching in Wednesday in Cleveland. Um, and I found out that day that I was starting, um, through the MLB app. <laughs> so, uh, so, no way. Like, yeah, because that's when it first broke. So I, I opened up the app and I saw my picture and my name <laughs> next to Zach Fleesack. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm starting. And I get to the field, you know, a few hours later and then they, they told me in person, you know, so like, um, I scrambled, got to my phone, told my parents, told my closest friends, told my family members, and then told, told friends from back home and whoever could make it that, that five and a half hour drive, they got up there and I had, you know, actually a lot of support there. Um, so that, that's how it, the whole thing unfolded. And, and basically once I found out that I was going to start, it was like, I was locked in the entire time. Like, um, I really was more excited nervousness than like true just nervous so uh yeah it was just I, I wanted to make everything out of that day that I could I'm sure it must have helped Jose Trevino was catching you he caught you when he was on rehab here in Frisco how much how much did that help and how much did it help just to have a guy like that you knew you could trust behind the plate I it helps a lot the, the, the pitcher catcher aspect is huge we had you know Matt Watley catching catching us in Frisco the whole year. And the more that we got on the same page, like one, the, the more that the tempo increases. And so the more of a rhythm you can get in, which I, I think has always been huge as me as a pitcher. And, and a lot of guys feel that way too. And so, you know, Trevino does a really good job of um, preparing for the pitcher. Like as, as much as he prepares for the other lineup, he wants to know as much about you as a pitcher then and he, he does a really good job of communicating and that started in spring training really so being a part of big league camp was big because you got to see the mindset of him and then when he was able to be there in frisco for rehab and actually catch me in the game that helped sped up the process for the mlb um debut because now he already knows what what my pitches do um all the pitches i have and when i like to throw them and then put that into a major league lineup. He was like, okay, like, here we go. Like, you can trust me. And the way that he sets up, the way that he kind of navigates the game, I think was, was huge. You know, um, every time he put down a sign, like, you knew that, you know, if I execute it, like, we're going to be better off. So um, that helped take any of the thought out of it for me. 
I know the mental game is super important for you and you like to lock in and not think about anything else. But was there anything that crept in your mind? Like I just struck out Jose Ramirez <laughs> in Cleveland. It, uh, I mean, so it was a Wednesday night in Cleveland and in the August. So the, it, there was more people there than any minor league game that year, but it wasn't, you know, a very electric crowd. So you can hear people, you know, randomly throughout the night and, um, when I struck out Jose, like you, you hear certain oohs and ahs in the crowd or complaints because it was a, it was a looking. So like people, you know, were, were calling out the umpire or, and I specifically heard my friends at times when I struck someone out, like, you know, cheering for me. So like that helped me, I think like take any sort of pressure off. And I was able to like feel happiness in those moments because I could hear them after having success. And so I think like just being in like, a, I was happy the entire time I was there, honestly. And that was like, that helped me take in the moment more than anything, just being able to be more loose and, and, you know, feeding off of the moment that I was in. Cause yeah, I, I love staying locked in, but for that day, I was definitely like, just more aware to, to my surroundings. How much did it mean to you after that start to be able to see your friends and family after one of your biggest moments of your career? Yeah, it was, it was special. It really was. I mean, I was immediately after the game, I went on the dugout, went down the line. I look up, I see my parents. Um, I see all my group of friends. I see the Kent state coaching staff and I see my high school coach and we're all there. We're in Cleveland. Um, and it, it was just, you know, like I was finally able to fully decompress, fully breathe the games over. And you could just see the, the looks on their faces. And then the feeling we had was, you know, I, like we did it. You know, we 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 this is the opportunity that we you dream of. And everyone there got to experience it. And I was so thankful for the, the support I got just the, the smiles that you see on people's faces. And um, it's so cool. Like it's, it's so cool The just sports baseball itself. Like it's, that's what you love most about it is bringing like happiness and joy to people's lives and getting to do it through a baseball game is, is, you know, what, what more can you ask for really? So um, it was a cool uh just in moment like realization of where you are in your life you know so. you got a taste how yep. much more are you driven to get back to that level as quickly as possible i think that's part of the reason why earlier i talked about when the season ended i felt like i really didn't want to stop because <laughs> now i want to get back there as, as as quickly as efficiently and as complete of a pitcher as i can so um it's really cool. The, the, uh, the drive is, uh, it means a little bit more now, you know, this off season and going into next year. So yeah, it, um, just being up there for a few days was enough to, to get a little taste of what that, um, entire lifestyle entails and kind of the, the energy that you get on a daily basis from being there is is everything that you dream of and then some especially uh 
especially at home in that new stadium. I mean, it's, you know, in, in Texas in the middle of summer, it's, it's almost too nice, you know. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. And we wish you the best of luck going forward. Zach, appreciate it. An incredible guy who certainly has a bright future with the Rangers. Our thanks to Jake once again. As we continue the offseason, we have so many fun things planned around the ballpark, including Radiance Frozen in Frisco, which is a family-friendly holiday attraction and light show running through January 1st on select dates. So make sure you get your tickets now at radiancechristmas.com backslash Frisco. I came a couple days ago. It was a lot of fun and uh, really fun for the young ones as well. Also, tickets are now on sale for the 2022 Frisco Classic College Baseball Tournament from March 4th through 6th at Riders Field. The 2022 games will feature Texas A&M, Iowa, Wichita State, and Washington State. So get your tickets now at FriscoClassic.com. That's going to wrap things up here for Riders Report, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to get notified about the newest episode, both during the offseason and when we reach the 2022 year. There is so much to look forward to as we continue to build on this podcast, but ultimately, we are very happy to have you along. This is Zach Bigley, the broadcaster for the Rough Riders, signing off. We'll talk to you next episode of Riders Report, the podcast. Go Riders!